This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. And before we get started today, I want to invite you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's right. After years of neglecting this very precious real estate on the internet, I am committing to producing content over there. The easiest way to find me over on YouTube is go to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see the YouTube logo there. Just click it and subscribe and you will get exclusive content that I'm going to be putting on the YouTube. Roberta Matthewson helps Fortune 500 companies and high-growth companies attract and keep the best people. She's the author of six books on leadership and talent, including the recently released book, Can We Talk? Seven Principles for Managing Difficult Conversations at Work. Roberta, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Difficult Conversations at Work. Does that exist? (laughs) Well, it all depends. If your head is in the sand, probably not. But if you're coming up for air every now and again and you look around, most likely, yes. I have been out of the corporate world since, when I say corporate world, I mean in-person corporate world, since I was fired from my job back in July 2005. And so you're going to you're gonna teach me some things today because I, I work for myself. I don't have a team. But I know a lot of people who listen to the show do have a team. Maybe they're remote. Maybe they go to a a physical office. Maybe it's a hybrid. And I know that as much as we would like to have an environment where everybody is a Winnie the Pooh or a Tigler, I I love Winnie the Pooh analogies, or a Piglet or Christopher Robin. The reality is because we're human beings and we all have different personalities, that's, that's an illusion, correct? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so when you get called in to work with your Fortune 500 companies, what are some of the things you're helping them deal with? Well, I'm helping them deal with a lot of things. And right now, um, a lot of the focus of my work is helping executives who are in leadership roles navigate through what has been a very complex time in our lives, something that none of us have ever seen. And mm-hmm. so... You know, that saying it's lonely at the top really stands true. When I was 24 years old, I was tossed into the executive suite. So I know exactly what it feels like to be in the middle of all of this murkiness and, you know, staggering around as you're trying to lead a team. And and today it's even more challenging, as you mentioned, with your team either being remote or hybrid or in person. So how can a leader when they're trying to balance all these personalities, obviously a fortune 500 company has a lot more employees than somebody who's got four or five employees, but is the same procedure in place? In other words, there's more people, but people are people, aren't they? Yes, they are. And oftentimes we forget. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, my goal is to humanize the workplace so that these conversations become second nature. So someone's listening to this conversation right now and they're like, yeah, I I need to have some difficult conversations at work, but I don't know in this politically correct world, I don't know how to start the conversation because 
I believe most people are gentle, kind, loving people. They don't want to offend anyone. And so some people may just tolerate instead of having the difficult conversation, but the difficult conversation needs to be had. So how do you recommend we tackle that? Well, in the book, I created a lot of scripts because for myself, I know that it's really helpful for me to have you know, something to go on and then I can make that script my own. And so when we look at these conversations, for my clients, the hardest part is where do you start, right? Mm. And so I tell them, first of all, to take on the conversations that are not as complicated and, and get some wins under your belt, right? Gotcha. Start small and get those wins. And that will give you, number one, training for going to the next step because you tried a little conversation, you got comfortable with it, now you increase the magnitude of it, and you're actually learning as you go. You're kind of like building the bridge as you're going. Yeah, it's like weightlifting, right? I, I don't think you start lifting pounds, <laughs> at least not someone like me. Right. <laughs> right away, you might start with, you know, five-pound weights, 10-pound weights, and keep adding the weight on as you get more experienced and stronger. That's very, That's a very good analogy because if you've got a critical situation at work and you've never had any kind of anything remotely close to a difficult conversation – it's going to be like climbing Mount Everest uh, the first time without taking a break. You're just going to think you go up the top of the mountain, and it's very tough. So what's your recommendation is to start small? Start small, build your strength, and, you know, get a few wins under your belt. Okay. And, you know, in the book, I provide a framework for that. I provide the seven principles that will help you get better and stronger as you have these conversations. And more importantly, comfortable. Because these conversations are not going away. Mm. Very true. By the way, your title of the book, Can We Talk, is that in any way an honor of Joan Rivers? Well, I am a big fan and uh, was a big fan of Joan Rivers because she and I have some things in common. And most the one thing that we have mostly in common is our was for her because she's no longer with us is our directness. Right. Mm. And she was somebody that didn't pull any punches. She just said what was on her mind. And that's what I do in my work. Right. I don't, I don't take my clients around the block when the answer is next door. Mm. And I believe the same is true with these difficult conversations. And all too often, you know, we start these conversations and we don't even know where we want to end. And so we just keep going on and on and on and on. And we don't even realize that the person on the other end is either not engaged, right? And they're like a bobblehead shaking their head. Or they said, oh, you know what? You're right. And we keep pounding away. So we don't even know that we may have gotten to our end goal because we have no idea what that goal is before we start. Yeah, You know, I, I laugh when you said that because there are people who, like I live in Houston and I want to get to San Antonio and they tell me, go east to Europe, to Asia, over to LAX, back to San Antonio. I'm like, why? It's right down the street. And you're sitting here, you're like, oh my gosh, are you ever going to get to the point? Because we're busy. And matter of fact, one of the things I tell my clients is whether you're doing a presentation, you're talking to someone, you're composing an email, get to the point and stick to the point. Don't go wandering all over the United States. Just get to the point because, first of all, people's time is valuable. 
they don't want to hear your life story from DNA to present day. They got things to do. The example I use when I speak is like, let's say you have to close the office at four o'clock on a Friday because the power is going to be cut down the, the electric companies working on the lines. You don't need to tell the history of the story of your company and of the electric company. Just say, hey, listen, we're going to lose the power at four o'clock. You need to be out of the building by four o'clock. That's the simple. But I've been in the receiving end of those emails when I worked for corporate America. And you have to wait all the way to the very bottom of the email to get the one sentence that you needed. And I see that happen a lot of time in the conversations, as you alluded to, people just go on and on and on. And you're like, oh my gosh, can you get to the point, please? Wow. I think that you and I, I have, I have lived in Houston and I think we can agree that there is nothing right down the street. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big city. Yeah, it is. I, my wife and I live in the West side of Houston and our mailing address is Houston, Texas. But if I were to get in my car right now and drive, it would take me nearly 45 minutes to get downtown Houston because New York city goes up. Houston's like a big blob. Okay. And it, If I wanted to go to Galveston Beach, that's an hour and a half away. So, yeah, to your point, that is right. But I want to go back to starting small because what you talk about, it's not just the leadership. I'm sure things in your book talk about the people who are on the front lines who need to have these difficult conversations as well, right? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because when I wrote this book, Uh, Whenever you write a commercially published book, you have to put together a book proposal and you have to look at other books who might be in a similar, you know, have a similar topic to yours. And man, I looked and looked and looked and everything that I came across was all about difficult conversations that leaders would need to have perhaps with their staff. Hmm. But I didn't find anything for, you know, well, what does someone do if they have to have a difficult conversation with their boss? And I didn't find any books on, you know, how do you have a difficult conversation with your peer? So when I wrote this book, I wrote it for, you know, up, down, and across the organization because there's a lot of things right now that are not being said that need to be said. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. 100% on that. I, I cannot imagine that. Like Again, I don't work in the corporate environment anymore. But can you give us one tip? Because I want I want to whet people's appetite to go out and get your book. So somebody is listening to the show. They're dealing with a, let's say, someone that's on their same level. They're a peer. They're not uh, their supervisor. Let's start with the peer. And they need to have a difficult conversation. Now, do, should they do it at work? Should they do it on lunch? Should they go out on a break? How, how should they handle that? Well, I think it depends on the situation, right? (laughs) Um, And how charged up it is. Uh, Um, I, you know, in the old days, like when people came to the office, uh, it would be great if you could say to your colleague, you know, hey, do you have a minute? Um, Let's grab a coffee or let's take a walk outside. You know, there's some things that have been on my mind. And today, again, understanding that there's a lot of people working in the remote world, that's not always possible. And so you've got to look at each situation. But what is common amongst all of these conversations is that you need to make sure that your timing is right. And by that, I mean, you know, 
right now, I don't know if you've got your spouse sitting next to you. I don't know if your kids are running around in the background. I don't know any of that. And if I want to have you completely focused on what I am talking about, then I need to make sure that this is a good time for you, right? And if I even came to you on a Friday afternoon at 4.30 and you were trying to get to the Astros game at 5, which, by the way, you would never get to, given the truth. Um, <laughs> and I start this conversation, like, it's just going to blow up in your face. Mm. So you really need to be aware of your surroundings, the other person's surroundings, what the timing is, and start the conversation off by thinking about, you know, what do I want to occur and what would a mutually beneficial solution look like? Like, how can we both have a win-win here? Because if you're going in with this attitude that, man, he's right and wrong, I'm right, you're going to lose. You know, when you said the word timing, what I was thinking about is, let's say all of a sudden a coworker is being rude, snippy, whatever word you want to use. And, and then you start getting your feather all feathers all ruffled up. Maybe they just lost their, their mother. Maybe their kid's sick. Maybe their spouse uh, said they want a divorce. And to your point about timing, you don't know. Maybe they're going through something at home and it has nothing to do with you. And they're just not able to cope with it. And as a result, you think that they're being mean at you, but really they're trying to deal with life. Well, nine out of 10 times, if it's your coworker, they are trying to deal with life. Mm. I mean, I was getting ready to do a podcast a few weeks ago, you know, and I'm all pumped up. I'm excited. The new book came out. Can we talk? Here we go. And the podcaster said to me, oh, I guess I should tell you that I was just served with divorce papers. (laughs) And like all the air came out of the balloon that I had on my head. And I was like, oh, no, you know, and you could just tell like the conversation got really heavy. And, you know, I asked her, do you want to reschedule? And she's like, no, let's just get through this. So, you know, look, this is this is happening to people in real time, Mm. right? You know, we're all trying to deal with work. We're trying to deal with our lives. And you can't separate the two. So I guess it would be a good thing to ask the person you need to talk to, whether it's a peer, whether it's a leader, is this a good time? Because maybe they got something on their mind. Maybe the manager is out ready to go out to a meeting in five minutes and you need at least 10 minutes. So, I mean, I've had leaders like that before. You say, you got a minute? They go, yeah. And when you're in there trying to explain the problem, they're, they're... put their papers together. They're not even listening to you. I'm like, I I wanted to talk to you, but I wanted your full attention. So I learned really early on that I said, look, I need 10 minutes of your time uninterrupted. I I was not a manager. I was just a frontline worker, but I was specific. And I knew this one manager, he would go, yeah. I'm like, do you really, can you give me 10 minutes? And he go, okay, really? I don't, you know, cause I really had it. I knew him. I knew that my expectation of 10 minutes for him means he was actually also thinking about the meeting he had to go to in a half an hour. So I had to say to him, can I have your attention for 10 minutes? Because if I didn't, he wouldn't hear anything I said. And then later on the afternoon, he go, didn't we have a conversation this morning? I'm like, Oh my goodness. And so I've learned, and there's a, there's a polite way to do that. You don't have to be rude. Just say, hey, listen, can I get your attention for 10 minutes or five minutes, whatever the case may be? Because if you're going to talk and you don't have their attention, 
are you even really saying anything? Well, I love that question. Can I get your attention? And I would also point out that these conversations that you think are going to take five minutes, you know, I double or triple the mm. time because they're never five minute conversations, <laughs> right? <laughs> And so if you're looking at your boss's calendar and you're like, oh, great, he's got a 15-minute window I can squeeze right in, you know, <laughs> I'd say wait until you got a 30-minute window and then take yep. your conversation in. Yeah. Matter of fact, one of the things I, I tell when I speak is when the people come by and say, got five minutes, it's never five minutes because people have to wind up to their point and it takes them three to four minutes to wind to the point and then the time's off. So, yeah. so. Ask yourself, I love what you said, you know, if you think you need 15 minutes, double it to 30. That way, if you come in under 30, then you're ahead of the game. But a lot of people, I think it, it, they're poor estimators of their time. They think they can get the point across in three minutes, but you got to understand the person has to understand. They have to hear you and they have to understand and comprehend what you're saying. And so it's not just you vomiting words on them. They have to understand and go, okay, I understand what they're saying. People are not factoring that into their, hey, you got five minutes, you got 15 minutes. Well, I think that people forget, like in your mind, you have had this conversation, what, a dozen times? <laughs> and the other person is hearing it for the first time. And you might say, well, no, we really, we talked about this, but... You know, like, no, maybe you didn't, or maybe they didn't hear it the way you heard it. And so you're absolutely right. They need time to process what's being said so that they can respond accordingly. And, you know, like you, I do a lot of speaking. And, you know, we talk about in those speeches that I give on, you know, effective communication and how to be a magnetic leader. You know, I really talk about the need to up your game in terms of your communication skills. I think that's something that, you know, I don't know about you, but in my college education and my graduate education, we never had a course on that. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, what's ironic about me is when I was all through high school, elementary school and college, I dreaded the oral reports. If there's nobody in the room, I'll be comfortable. Now I'm on YouTube. I'm on social media. I have my podcast, you know, over four years. I don't know when that switch flipped, but I remember a time I, you know, I would be sweating buckets if I had to give a presentation and a couple of times I had to get a presentation at work. I'm, I'm shaking. I'm sweating. Now it's like, it's no big deal. Now I love it because this is certainly a strength to have people who are very comfortable, but you're right. I, I took presentation skills in college, but it, it was more like, I don't know, more like how to use PowerPoint. It wasn't like how to get comfortable. It was more like the, 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 the technology. It wasn't like how to speak. Like I remember when I was in Toastmasters years ago, I was going to do a presentation and it was like along the longer ones, like a 10 minute presentation. And, and I remember when I was done, I'm like, oh, I forgot. I forgot a point of the presentation and I was freaking out. I was out in the hallway and someone came up, one of my mentors came up and says, do you think we know you forgot? I'm like, what? We don't know your presentation. It sounded good. And the thing is, the audience doesn't know if you forgot something. Now, if you're doing something like you have like Facebook and you're in F, F means one word, A means another word, then people go, wait a minute, they forgot C. But if you're just talking, most people, number one, are going to be forgiving. Number two, 
Look, it happens. You're a human being. You're going to forget things. When you go talk to your leader, when you go talk to your coworker, you may trip over your own tongue. You may use the wrong words. You may get, you know, nervous. It's, we're humans. That's what humans do. Yes. And that's why I recommend that before you go into any of these meetings that you, that you write down, like, what are the three points ah. that you to cover and bring that with you to the meeting. And you can say to the person, whether it's your boss, your coworker, your employee, you know, listen, um, you know, I have some notes that I might refer to because I don't want to miss anything. Uh, if during our discussion, you want to take some notes as well, feel free to do so. Mm. I totally get it. And just lay it out there because, you know, you can't go in and memorize this as if it's a script and you're in a Hollywood movie <laughs> because you have no idea what the other person's going to say once you say what you have to say. And so the only way to be in the moment is to not be thinking like, what's my next question? How am I going to respond? It's to be listening and listening very deeply so that you can respond appropriately and keep that boat in the channel and not go off into a direction that you had no intentions of going in. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. One of the things that changed my podcast was when I really became a good active listener because I've been on shows, you probably have too, where people have the questions and you could say something very profound and they just ignore it because they want to get through the questions. I don't have any questions. I'm just listening to you. And you've done an incredible job of hel helping us very simply, by the way. And I love that because I think complexity is a gateway to procrastination. You laid out some very simple strategies to have these difficult work uh, conversations, which is important. So before we wrap up today, is there anything else on your heart that you'd like to share with the audience today? Well, I'd like the audience to really keep in mind that the unsaid conversations are mm. actually the most dangerous, right? Mm. And many of us are walking around and there are things that we'd like to say to people, whether that's our coworker, our boss, even our spouse. And those are the dangerous ones, right? Because you build up this whole thing in your head. And nine out of 10 times when you have that conversation, it's a lot easier than you ever imagined, hundred percent. Well, I'm assuming you can get your book wherever books are sold. And so where would you like us to go get your book? And where would you like us to go find out more about you? Well, you can find out more about me by going to Matchison, M-A-T-U-S-O-N, consulting.com, or going on to LinkedIn and sending me an invite and just mentioning your name so I know where you're coming from, and I'll accept that invite. Um, you can write to me if you have a question about communication or your career or your business at Roberta at MatchesonConsulting.com. You can grab the book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Goodreads, wherever you buy your books. Excellent. Well, Roberta, I want to thank you for being on the show today. It was nice having a conversation about these tough conversations, which we all have at home and work. And you gave us some very great ideas to implement. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always 
has value. So if you want to sign up absolutely free, just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.